for Sober Chicks podcast listeners. This is Meredith. And as always, I'm joined by Heather, Dana, and Lisa. So we gather here from around the world to discuss all things related to alcohol addiction, sobriety, and the various paths to recovery. We get real about the highs, the lows, and the amazing reality of living a sober life. This podcast is a creative collaboration by women, for women, and for anyone who supports women. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome everyone to our next episode of Before Sober Chicks. This is Meredith um, and I, as always, Heather, Lisa, and Dana are with me. Um, so today we're going to kind of talk about uh, maybe a not so awesome topic, but one that we feel could be insanely helpful. Um, and that is recovery, going through recovery when you're hitting difficult situations when life is happening to you. Uh, Heather was just mentioning before we started recording, when you're kind of not, no longer on that pink cloud um, and stuff starts to go south. Um, I think that this is something that is really important because at the end of the day, that is, that's where relapse is insanely common. Um, so with that, Heather, do you want to start? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, ladies. Um, love our sessions together. It's great conversation time. So for me, um, I've, ha I've had to go through two major situations that kind of were really, really difficult. One was um, the death of one of my best friends. Uh, he was our man of honor. Um, best man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was um, a Navy buddy of my husband's. He lived with us when, when my husband and I met, we all lived together in the house. He's been in our lives for a very, very long time. And he ended up with a brain tumor and the, he had open like brain surgery while he was awake, like craziness. And he was supposed to be good. And I was actually, the day I was leaving from rehab, he called me and said, my tumors are back. And um, it was really sad and really difficult. And we got an opportunity to see him. And that was amazing. And just kind of um, be a part of his life. But it's somebody that you've, you know, who was a dear friend of ours. And I needed to go to his funeral sober with all of like drink like a sailor is a real thing. So, you know, it's a, it's a sailor's, you know, funeral, like all of our friends um, from the Navy and in, you know, his family and all of that, everyone was there together. And um, it was a beautiful celebration of life. And it was one that I needed to do completely sober. And it was really, really tough because for me, grief is something that is a, um, a well that I, when each death that I experienced taps into the other ones. And so um, it was really tough. And I had to like, I was in the middle of, you know, I've told you guys, I, I'm 
do AA and I was in the middle of doing my steps and I ended up kind of deciding to accelerate before I went to the funeral because I didn't want to be left with like just all these vulnerabilities. So the biggest thing and in, in the other example, if I get a chance to share today, um, was what I do is I just double down on my tools. You know, like we've talked and we've had a whole session about tools and I've figured out for me what works and connection is one of my big tools. So really talking about things and having them outside of my head um, because situations feel so much more overwhelming in my head when I start talking about them, the pressure releases, I don't feel as anxious. People offer, you know, either suggestions or they offer, you know, hey, I've been through that too. And you, it, it makes it feel not so isolating. Um, another big thing that I use is, is meditation. You know, anxiety is a whole a big part of why I used to drink. And so um, having that just chest crushing anxiety puts me in a, in a really vulnerable place. And um, if I meditate, then that also kind of relieves that. And so it feels, it feels manageable for me to be able to utilize that therapy. You know, I make sure that I, I have checked in with my therapist and you know, some people talk about like, oh, you shouldn't be in therapy for like years and years. Well, for me, it's kind of like I, it keeps me sober, you know? And so um, it's, it's a not, it's a unbiased person who is there to listen. And I can just kind of share all of these things and they challenge you. And um, so that's something that I definitely utilize. And then having a plan, so like really planning around these situations, what am I going to do with this funeral? What am I going to do when we're together with old friends and everything like that, that are drinking? What are, what's my exit plan? What's my coping strategy? Like, um, because I'm more vulnerable at that time. So I need to really make sure that I talk with my partner and I really have a good plan. So that's how, for me, I navigate these difficult situations. And then the last part of that is I have compassion because I'm not going to maybe do it perfectly, right? I might need, I might be out of sorts. I might have more anxiety. I might choose, you know, comfort food and to indulge in something slightly different um, and to not beat myself up and say, you know what, this is a tough time right now. And like, if you're not doing things perfectly, like that's okay too. Um, and that you, this isn't how it's going to be forever, but this is how it is right now. And, um, and then it just letting time take place. It, it realizing that this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like, how I've gotten through these different situations. Um, yeah. I think on that point, the this too shall pass. One of the interesting things that I've learned throughout difficult situations is um, every time you're in that low, low, low point, it's just off, like doesn't feel like you're ever going to get out. But when you do and you look back on it, you've learned something, mm -hmm. you know, so and again, you may not have done it perfectly, 
but you learn something out of it. Even if it's just that you got through it, yes. even if it's messy as hell, but you, you actually got through that situation, you know? And so that's kind of looking at it as like, oh my gosh, I'm just in the worst right now, but I definitely am going to get something out of this. Or maybe what didn't work if it didn't, if you didn't get through it as well as you thought you were going to retrospect, when you look back on it, you're going to have learned something out of it. But I genuinely think that people need to understand that recovery is not perfect. You're not going to do everything to the T. Now I'm not saying that in the sense of it's okay to slip up or, you know, relapse or things like that, but recovery is the most messiest journey that eight, I mean, I celebrated eight years this past Saturday. It is still a messy journey to where, you know, I I can't, and, and that's the thing is I used to think that people who were quote unquote sober, I'm like, well, God, they got their life together. Like they must have figured it out and all that. And that is not the case at all. Um, it's a daily choice. Mm-hmm. We all get to make choices. And when my mom passed away, I feel like death is a big, is a big one. Um, I had to, I think it's insanely important that if you are considering being sober, you're sober curious, you're already sober. Yes. You, you need to find a community that is sober hundred percent. You also need to make sure you find a community. They may not be sober, but they may be your people still to the point where it does not matter if, you know, all of my friends, I mean, I have maybe a few on my, that I can think that do not drink at all. Everyone else casually drinks, um, but I can still go to them in those days when I need that community. So I think both communities are really, really, really important in ensuring that whatever community you do have outside of your sober community are people that will keep you accountable. That was a really big thing for me. I needed to be able to go to my friend. She may not know what I'm going through, but I could be like, hey, I'm having a tough day and we could talk it out. Um, Therapy was really big uh, for me in the beginning because I did not know how to actually manage the feelings that I was having. I would go straight to, well, I know what will help me get that to go away, but I never had to sit in the mess before. Mm -hmm. It was always something that I was trying to pull in to make that go away. Um, So I do feel like that therapy, I mean, I remember my therapist here she was like the first time that I cried she was like I have been trying to make this happen for weeks and you build up a tolerance to where you're so stuck I couldn't even cry you know talking about my childhood or talking about all these other things and really diving in and being like actually that's good for you to be able to release those emotions and, and all that kind of stuff. So for me to be able to actually get to feel all the feels was a huge part of my recovery because then I knew how to navigate that when they popped up and alcohol wasn't even a thought. 
in my mind. I knew different ways. Um, for me, prayer, kind of like recentering meditation um, is absolutely huge. Um, and I, something I say all the time is that this moment right now is so temporary mm -hmm. uh, that six months from now, I'm not even going to remember the nonsense that I was freaking out about or, you know, whatever the case. So the whole temporary phrase for me, I was like, okay, today is temporary. I know that tomorrow is going to be better. And that was when I would go into the really hard days was I've got one more day under my belt. I literally narrowed it down instead of this huge journey of sobriety. I was like, okay, I'm here for the next 24 hours. And this 24 hours, I will be sober. I could not think about years, months, weeks, whatever down the road. I had to focus on the now and that helped me a ton. Um, so I had a very, um, so with my mom's addiction, she also had a prescription pill problem. And so I was always so anti of ever having to take a medication that would alter my reality at all um, once I became sober. And when my mom died, um, I was at a appointment for my girls. It was like their well checker, something like that. And she looked at me and she was like, are you, are you doing okay? And I was like, I didn't know what depression looked like, honestly. Um, and so I just started, it was about probably about a year after my mom died maybe actually maybe like six months. It, it hadn't gotten to a year. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't think I am. I was like, I'm sober, which I should be super happy about. I was like, but I can barely make it through my days. Barely. My kids were still at home. We weren't really doing a ton of school. I mean, they had preschool a few days a week and stuff like that. But I sat there and I was like, I'm not, I was like, there's this hump that emotionally I cannot get over. And that was also the same day that I decided to go on Zoloft. Um, I think there is a huge stigma with depression. I think people wanna be super tough and they can get through it and all that. But I also do genuinely think that if you are going through recovery and you are depressed or you have anxiety, Medication for that, if your doctor thinks that that's what should be taking place, is huge. That got me over my hump. I think I was on it for maybe three years, and then I slowly weaned myself off to where I'm not, I'm not on it anymore. But that served such an important place um, in those really hard times that I... There are so many people that I talk to and they're like, I, it's just hard to think that I have to take something to make me feel better. And I'm like, that is the beauty about Western medicine. I mean, if you feel like you need that, it is okay to ask for help. Um, it's okay to be on antidepressants. And I went on those knowing, I was like, I know for a fact, I'm, I'm probably not going to use this for the rest of my life, but there are people who have to, 
Yeah. And that is okay. Um, I would say if there's one thing that I learned about difficult times, it would be that is don't, um, don't have the stigma that I did because I should have been on it way sooner. Um, but I, but I wasn't, and I did my thing and all that, but it is a so okay thing to do to get your mental health on board when you're going through recovery. So I would say that's probably my biggest one. <clears throat> yeah. And hundred percent. I mean, there's, um, there are parts of the recovery communities that say, if you are on some kind of antidepressant or some kind of anti-anxiety that you're not truly sober. And I think it's a huge disservice to mm -hmm. this huge. community and to recovery because, you know, depression and anxiety is an imbalance in your brain. It's a, it's a serious issue. And how do you access? So basically if it's like, it's like swimming through jello, right? So you're living your life, just swimming through jello. Everything is so much harder and it takes all this energy and you can't see clearly and all of those things. How are you supposed to access your tools? How are you supposed to make life changing, like have a, a productive life how are you supposed to do that and I just think it's I mean I think this is kind of one of those components of do the recovery that fits you mm -hmm. and don't let someone else tell you how to recover because if you need an antidepressant anti-anxiety medication then you take it take it with a doctor's you know yeah. blessing if you need to have even a support around that you know, like, so that you make sure you take it responsibly. If you have, you know, you can do a lot of things around that, but if that's something that you need, like, then and do I it. I didn't even know, I didn't even, I didn't think I needed it. Cause again, I didn't know what that looked like. And everything that I was explaining, she was like, you are severely depressed. I was like, no, I don't think I am. And she's like, yes, yes, you are. And, and it I was the you need, I, she was like, if you don't try this, she's like, this will get you over that hump of swimming in jello, you know, the whole time. And I, I mean, at first I was like, oh my God, that I instantly shifted back to my mom and her, I was like, is this going to lead to something? And she looked at me and she's like, you can't get addicted to this. She was like, this is, is something that is going to help your clarity. She's like, it's going to help your brain, you know, basically start to accept those really happy things. And I was like, okay. And then once I got to a really good state, I, again, I highly recommend this. Do not just up and quit these. Yeah, you have to come you can't. Um, I had, I mean, my tapering was over months because, but again, I was able to feel the feels. I was able to it properly. I was able to do all those things. And so I didn't need those anymore. And I don't, it, that could change down the road. And I'm completely um, open to that. But that is exactly what we were saying before is perfection does not exist in recovery. Um, so whatever help, it, it's just asking for that help. I would have never gone to the doctor for me. I just happened to be there. And my doctor was very, um, observant and asked me how I was. Um, thank God she did, or, or I don't know. I don't know where I would be right now. 
Um, I'm sure during, you know, in, in early recovery, you're expecting it to be hard. So you're expecting to have all these heavy, heavy feelings that maybe you're not, you know, maybe you're saying, oh, I'm just deep feeling this way because I'm still going through the motions. I'm still trying to figure Mm -hmm. out blah, 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 blah. Whereas maybe, maybe there's something underlying, you know, maybe there's something you need to do to help you cope, to help bring out those positives. Yeah. Yeah, for me, for me, it was um, sleep and meditation. Um, Those helped a lot. I I can't do anything unless I've had at least eight hours a night. (laughs) Just one of those people. Um, I feel like the world is collapsing around me. So um, and to that point, you know, I've uh, worked with people before as a nutritionist who have talked about how oh they're like, oh, I take a sleep aid or I do this. And, you know, I'm sure I shouldn't be doing it. And I'm like, whatever is getting you to have a good night's sleep for now, let's deal with that. I'm like, if you can get a good night's sleep, do whatever you need to do as long as you're not fully abusing it. You know, it's like sleep is huge. And so because of that, I got really into doing evening meditations. So getting, putting in the headphones and just doing like a body scan, love doing those and just completely relaxing my body. And um, yeah, meditation for me was a big one. Um, and as we all have all touched on community, like talking to people about it, Heather, you'd mentioned that, you know, talking somehow helps put things into perspective. And for me too, once, once the words actually leave my body and come out, I hear it. I hear it a lot more clearly. I hear it through the ears of somebody else, you know, so it's almost like reflecting back on me and I become a lot clearer as I'm talking. Um, or hearing other people's stories and going, okay, I'm not alone. Um, community is number one. Like-minded individuals or people going through something similar is so, so, so important. And it doesn't mean that you have to completely let go of all your, I mean, majority of my friends are still the friends I've had since I was 12 years old. Um, but I've brought in a whole different type of friendships, like a lot of different types of people now, which helped me through this part of my life. So yeah, community was a big one. Mm-hmm. Dana, what about you? What's helped you through some tough times? I've just been sitting here listening to everybody. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think I had a, a pretty serious car accident about two months after I went sober. And um, I even asked my husband why we were in the hospital. I'm like, can I just have one beer? Can just, just one, it's not gonna hurt. <laughs> And thank God I didn't, right? I mean, um, hindsight is twenty twenty, And I think that is my key to all of this is that I've had some, some pretty serious challenges and issues come up over the past 18 months. Um, and when I look back at how I handled them and how they felt and um, how I went through them sober was so much easier and so much less painful than had I been drinking. And while the drinking numbs it, it's also a depressant. So it makes that situation or that challenge look a hundred times worse. At least it did for me. If I would have a drink after that accident, you know, the next day, that would have thrown me right back into full relapse, right? And some of the other challenges that I've had over the past several months, I look at it and I'm so much more clear headed and I'm, and I'm so much 
more able to get through those tough things with a clear head. Um, I, I, my thinking is much more rational. Um, it's much more thoughtful uh, and a lot less judgmental. So but for either party, for myself or, or the other party that's involved, if there is another party involved. Um, so that's, that's my biggest takeaway is, you know, once you get through one or two or three of those really big challenges in your recovery, make sure you keep that. It's kind of like the movie reel, right? Make that a good movie reel to have in your toolbox where you can look back and see how, how, just how you got through that, that challenge being sober and being in recovery and, um, you know, kind of compare it to how you would have done it before, you know, for me, like, like Meredith was saying, I, you know, I don't, the only reason why I was crying all the time was when I was drunk. I wasn't crying when I wasn't drunk. I was just crying when I was drunk. I was a sobbing drunk person, <laughs> you know, um, you know, but but for reality and things, you know, when I wasn't drinking, there was no, there was no crying because it was just so numb and so locked out of me. Um, so that's, that's kind of where, where I was seeing it with Meredith and, and you Heather with that, you know, just the thought of, you know, picking up because I have a challenge, mm -hmm. it's not worth it anymore. You know, it's go through the hard time, go through, get through it. It's going to suck. Um, but you'll be more thankful to yourself once you get through it sober and, you know, continue on with your recovery because it's just, it's not worth it to throw it all away. I think that keyword there, go through it, right? Mm -hmm. Alcohol was allowing us to skirt around it, yep. you know, and you don't deal with anything unless you actually go through it. Um, and also just knowing, for me, it was um, when there was something big coming up, um, knowing that I was going through it with a clear head, you know, um, the decisions I was making, the actions I was taking, um, I knew I have a clear head right now and I'm going through this all on my own and I'm making the right decisions. It was almost confidence boosting. So if you, if you have something big coming up in your life, I gotta be honest, it is so much easier to deal with, as you mentioned there, Dana, knowing that, I'm kind of the best I can be right now. I'm not clouding any of my judgment at all. Um, I'm making a really sober decision. <laughs> and the beauty you know, when you're about that, like the euphoria, once you get through something that's really hard, that personally, I think is another brick layer to the foundation of your sobriety. That will give you so much more confidence and perseverance and grit to when that next one comes up, you're like, dude, I've already gone through X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Bring it. You know, like you will be amazed mm -hmm. at the confidence that you get yep. after that first initial problem, difficult time, you know, whatever the case may be, season, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um it is, I think, crucial to go through something like that because it will build up your confidence in recovery hands it, down it does absolutely and you know last week i was traveling for well two weeks ago now i was traveling for a convention and our travel challenges on the front end of it was it was chaos we had you know flights canceled 
they weren't going to be able to get us on another flight until two days later and and we were stuck in dallas and there were no rental cars anywhere and you know thankfully i had my husband with me who who calmed me down just a little bit but you know a big part of my my talk was the toolbox you know and and i i had to examine mine once all over again because i realized that some of my tools were not as sharp as they needed to be <laughs> you know and and i even use that to my talk i'm like if you folks are traveling make sure you you're, you're not checking in your toolbox and your luggage because it might not come with you <laughs> you might not have to have it with you and you know, go, go through it you know on a regular basis because um it was a traumatic experience. It was my first public speaking gig and everything else. And, you know, they wanted to get me in a day before my speech. And I was like, mm, no. we ended up having to take an Uber an hour and 40 minutes from Dallas to Waco, Texas, where there was the first rental car that we could find in the oh that span of, and which was miles and miles and miles away. And then we got the rental car and then had to drive another four and a half miles or hours to San Antonio. My husband was sick as a dog with sinus infection. We had to stop in, in Austin for, you know, the minute clinic to get him antibiotic. It was, it was, excuse my French, it was a shit show. <laughs> it was like, if everything could have happened, it did, except for the tornado that hit last week. That could have happened. Because <laughs> we were on that road. <laughs> but, you know, it, while my husband's like, okay, calm down, calm down. I still was not at the level I would have been had I still been drinking. Um, and I would have been a complete wreck had I still been drinking. I would have just headed to the nearest airport, you know, um, bar and just sat there and drank for another 10 hours and, you know, then figured out what to do. But it's very true, Meredith, you, you build those layers, you know, when you hit those challenges, whether they're big challenges or not, and you know, that's all relative to us. Um, you know, that, that building on that foundation is huge for sure. Yeah. And I, the toolbox is a really good, um, kind of thing to examine whether or not you're taking your toolbox with you, but like, I'm going through a situation with my son right now. And I'm realizing that I have, okay, we're going to go with the toolbox. I've got a hammer. I've got a, I've got screwdrivers. I've got a drill. And what I really need is a lathe, you know, mm -hmm. and what I really need is some sandpaper and what I, and so I need to refine my toolbox right now. And like, you know, what I needed in early recovery and what I need now, um, many years down the road is a little bit different. So I'm at this challenging place, but because I'm not drinking, because I'm not making it worse, I can identify, you know what, I need to bring a few more things into my program. I need to, you know, figure out that like how I can handle this situation in a different way because it's really challenging. Um, when I went through this in active addiction, I, I couldn't keep track of what was happening. You know, like, you know, I have a kid with special needs. Um, and so this has been years and years and years of different things. And, and initially, like, I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't, like, I couldn't keep track of stuff. I couldn't, uh, I didn't have any of the resources to be able to show up and, like, be supportive for my child and be part of the solution. You know, I took up all the energy. And, you know, so now many years ago later, you know, because there still are challenges in life, 
um, I need to figure out what tools I need for this job, that they're different. Um, and the, and the other thing we were talking about is going through it. You know, I need to go through this process. This is going to help me grow. Addicts and alcoholics are the only people that think you can go through life without pain. Normal people don't think that nobody, nobody got that message. Somehow I got this message. You should avoid all pain. Life should be easy and you should have no pain. Like that's not real. The Buddhists are like, no, life's hell. Like they're, you know, just like there's good and bad, you know, the yin and the yang, but like somehow along the way, I thought it should be a pain-free experience. Like <laughs> that's not accurate. We have to go through these things and like, um, and all of the benefits from that are the strength and the resourcefulness and the, um, the learning and the, and the growth that all comes with that. Um, I just didn't have it for years because I just tried to avoid all of those things. So I was kind of stagnant. So, you know, now I'm less stagnant, but I still am a work in progress. There's no perfection. Well, and without, without the pain, there is no pleasure either. Right. You know, so, I mean, I would agree, like I equated, I don't want to be in pain, but then if I look at my addiction and where I was, I was like, but I'm also not feeling pleasure at all. So I, I genuinely feel like there is that yin and yang to where you feel the pain, but you're going to feel that pleasure, that pleasure and that happiness tenfold more. Um, so I, I do think you need that pain in order to feel that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Well, we are coming up on our time. Mm -hmm. Um, we will of course be back next couple weeks with a new episode, but we hope that everyone enjoyed this again, please make sure that you follow us on all of our socials um instagram facebook youtube for sober chicks all together um and we cannot wait to see you guys on our next episode thanks ladies thanks thank bye. you bye thanks so much for joining us today we appreciate you and wish you the best on your sober adventures for more information and details on upcoming episodes check us out on youtube or instagram at four sober chicks that's number four sober chicks we welcome your feedback and look forward to being with you on the next episode